Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, our guest is super special to me, but let me just describe her for you first. She is a successful businesswoman who was a vice president at Bank of America and co-founded an investment firm. She was also a sprinter on the U.S. Olympic track and field team in 1980. And oh yeah... She did all of that, and she's also become a very successful college head coach. She's joining my loyal sidekick, Bruce Bernstein, and myself. But first, Darlene, it's all you, baby. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks is hosted by a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a well-executed fade screen and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. A lover of threes in transition, Monica McNutt. Thank you, Darlene. Now listen, today's guest knows a thing or two about threes in transition. She was there when I was still formulating my own jump shot back in the day in high school. She is Diane Richardson, the head coach at Towson. She's on the show, and this is super special for me, y'all, because this is one of the first like iconic women I remember in my personal basketball journey when she was leading championship squads at Riverdale Baptist High School in Prince George's County. Now she's the head coach at Towson. Coach Rich, thanks for joining me. Uh, well, thank you. I'm glad to be a part. You're, you're making me sound old, though. <laughs> um, nah, girl, we're getting better. We're getting better. We don't get old. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, there's so much that I want to get into. Um, okay, I don't even know. Let's start with what you're doing at Towson University. I mean... You guys win the CAA last year. You get an opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament. You take your team right at the mammoth of UConn. But just turning that program into a Diane Richardson-led program, establishing that culture, what has that been like for you? Well, it, it's been awesome. And, you know, it's been a great turnaround for this program, but it was something that I expected to do. And I knew that if we changed the culture, uh, we would change what our results were and just working with the young ladies and, and working on them getting better. You know, I knew that if they got better and felt confident about themselves, that the wins would come. And, and that's what happened. Now you got to follow up that act. How are we feeling about the Towson <laughs> Tigers this season? <laughs> well, I, I'm feeling really good. And, you know, knowing winning a championship, you know, you, you want it to be sustainable. And I think my staff and I have done a great job going out and recruiting and complimenting the team that we already have. You know, one of the things we were missing last year was depth. And, you know, with this incoming class we had this year, I think we've filled some holes in terms of depth and in terms of skill. Um, as you guys have heard on this pod, I mentioned that one of my roles this year will be the CAA insider. So I'm keeping close tabs on Towson and the other teams in the league um, expecting to see some really good ball being played. But, Coach, I just think it's so poignant to kind of talk about your story and getting to this point 
considering where we are in 2019 for a number of reasons. You're a black woman, you're a woman, you're a woman who changed careers, um, you're a mom to kids with special needs, you're a wife. Um, I want to take it back because I want people to have an opportunity to kind of know you the way that I know you. Um, let's go back to you making your decision to become a basketball coach and kind of step away from corporate America. Yeah, it was, you know, something that was pulling on me for a while. I knew that basketball had been really, really good to me as a young lady coming out of high school, and I got to play in college and got to get a degree and, and, uh, and go to school. And I knew that there were lots of young ladies like me uh, that needed an opportunity to showcase their talent and to get an education. And, and so it had been pulling at me, and I spent years in corporate America, but I, I knew that, you know, my passion was, you know, I've got to give back to this game that was so good to me. And I had the conversation with my husband, and I said, you know, I, I really want to coach, and I want to coach full-time. I want to be in both hands and feet. Are you okay with that? And, you know, of course, you know, anytime you make that big lifetime decision, he just kind of looked at me funny and was like, oh, my. And then he said, if, if that's what you want to do, I support you wholeheartedly. And he's been here with me all the time. And, and, you know, that love and that commitment and that support has really helped me in this career. So just for the sake of the timeline, Riverdale Baptist, you still were in corporate America. Yes, I was. And I was just a okay. part-time high school coach at Riverdale Baptist. I think back to our era of basketball coming up in high school and we just had so much talent. Um, okay. So we moved from the assistant at Riverdale. Your first full-time gig was where? At American, American University. Got it. And then I know you went on to West Virginia, GW, and then Towson. Is that the order? Yeah. Well, I actually went to American and then to Maryland. Oh, yeah, that's right. I left, yeah. Then I left Maryland and went back to high school for three more years and then went to George Washington for four years and then West Virginia and now Towson. So, again, I mentioned that one of the reasons that your story is so fitting and timely is because you are a Black woman in a head coaching chair, which, as we look across NCAA women's basketball, there's just not that many of that, right? How much Correct. of your journey and that part of who you are do you hope is inspiring your players beyond it just being about the game of basketball? And more importantly, having the confidence to bet on yourself and make these big changes or chase your dreams. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's good to be here. I know I've had a roundabout route. Um, I know that I probably had a route longer that took longer than some of my counterparts, but I didn't give up. And I knew that, you know, at some point, all the information that I had in terms of coaching would be able to just come out somewhere. And I was patient, but I tell you, you know, in talking to, with my assistant coaches as well, I don't want them to be have to wait for, you know, the second part of their life to become a head coach. I think the opportunity should be there. And if we go in prepared and kind of over-prepared, I think the opportunities will open. You have demonstrated an incredible level of stick to to use that word. How much right. does that bleed over into you as a coach? Well, you know, as far you, as the you have to have patience. Yeah. I'm sorry, okay. what'd you say? I meant in terms of your expectations of your players, because you have been relentless, and here you are. Yes, yes. And that, uh, 
you know, I, I believe in you get out what you put in. And, you know, one of the things when changing the culture mm-hmm. here with our young ladies was giving them confidence. Like, you can, you know, you can, whatever you believe you can achieve type thing. And, you know, we, we got over a lot of hurdles with them thinking that they couldn't do it and talking about the mind and how you can train your mind. And being a mom of special needs children, I know how important that is when people count you out and say you can't do something, but if you're determined, you can get it done. And so I try to use those kinds of lessons with my young ladies. And and they obviously have seen my daughter who's overcome so much. And if she could do it, surely they could with all the resources they have. How much has that shaped you as a coach? Uh, tremendously. I, I, you know, just to go through, you know, with my daughter and her being counted out and, and, and the, the doctor saying that we needed to put her in a state home uh, at 10 months because of her uh, diagnosis that she would just be like a vegetable, wouldn't be able to move her limbs or, or talk or understand or eat regular food and, and to see where she is today at 35 and running and you know, and eating regular food and you're just being a great human being. And I saw how much she put into doing the little things like taking her first step. They said she'd never walk. Well, at seven and a half, she took her first steps because she didn't give up and she kept working. And just knowing that you can overcome anything, you know, we sweat the small stuff. And I told, you know, I told my players that everything is small stuff compared to somebody like Dana or somebody that has disabilities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It had to be a super, super cool moment. Um, Dana participated in the Special Olympics? Yes, she won a silver medal in the 60-yard dash. Uh-huh. Yes, it was um, awesome. I was one of those parents yelling in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> as you should be, as you should be. Now, I didn't know this. Shout out to my producer, Bruce. I didn't know that you had a shot at competing in the Olympics, Coach. Like, you was about it in 1980. (laughs) Yes, yes. I uh, was a sprinter, and, uh, you know, we we formed a team and had all of the qualifiers. And, you know, when back then in the 70s, um, if you won your region, you automatically had a bid with the uh, Olympic team. And I did that in the 400 meters and the 200 meters and then some relays. And uh, we were all excited about the opportunity to go to Russia and represent our company, I mean, our country and, and be on the Olympic team. And then we got the awful news that uh, we were boycotting uh, that Russia Olympics in 1980. So, you know, at that point, you know, it was not much we could do. Of course, we stood by our country, but we didn't have that opportunity. And I didn't have that opportunity to go because I was peaking at that time. And so um, after that, not being able to compete after, you know, 1980, I just said, oh, well, I'll just get married and have kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. That's, Coach, look at that. Look at you. That's super talented. Okay, so you have lived a wealth of experiences, have had a wealth of experience, rather, worn a bunch of different hats over the course of your corporate career and now your coaching career. When you reflect back, whether it be being a mom, a wife, whatever, what is the thing that to you is paramount to being successful? Because at every stop, in whatever role you've worn, you've managed to find success in that place. Well, I, you know, I believe you can get what you want. 
um, if you work hard enough or if you, you know, you keep trying. And that's kind of lived with me my life, you know, coming, growing up and, and, you know, not so good economic standards. You know, we were pretty poor when I grew up. And so I had the opportunity to change my life. And basketball actually showed me that by me going to college. Nobody in my family had ever been to college. Matter of fact, they hadn't graduated high school. So once I knew that I could do more, then I continued to do more. And, you know, I, so I set goals. And always I knew that if I could attain this one goal, I could attain the next and the next. And so everything has been a challenge for me because I know that opportunities are out there. We just have to work hard enough to get them. Hey, Coach Rich, this is Bruce. Um, I was just wondering, when you were in the corporate world, I'm sure you interviewed a lot of people for jobs. And I'm just curious as to how recruiting ties in with that. And what, what do you look for in a recruit? What are some of the traits, aside from basketball skills, that you want in your players? Well, you know, I, I want players to have a dream. And, you know, when I was in corporate America and I was a CEO of my company, I knew that I wanted people that had dreams because those extra things are what push you over, you know, that had dreams or, or, or used to be in discipline. And when I recruit, I look at young ladies that want something, whether it be academics or athletics. And that's the question. Those are the questions I ask them. What do you want to be? Or what do you want to major in? And what, you know, what kind of things do you want? Do you want things so you can help your family? Do you want to get a job to help people in the health field? So I find out what their buttons are, what their dreams are. And I know that if you have a dream, then you can be motivated. Um, and, and I look for that in recruits, and I look for that in employees when I, when I hire them as well. I'm just curious. You mentioned, you know, having, you know, children with special needs, how that's kind of, you know, shaped you as a coach. But as a vice president in a big corporate environment or the co-founder of your own company that you created, what, le- what, what from those experiences have you applied in coaching and running an organiza- a basketball organization? Well, the biggest thing, Bruce, is accountability. And, you know, when you're running a, a company or you're, you know, running an organization that spreads across the United States, there's got to be accountability and as a CEO, as a VP, or as a head coach, there are things that you have to be able to depend on. And when you're putting the pieces of that pie together, you've got to know that you can count on people to do their part. And that's what's been so good for me as a coach is accountability pieces is huge, you know, because I expect you to do what you're supposed to do because I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And, and the same thing with your teammates. And so that's worked well for us. We know we can depend on each other to do what it is that we do. So is that what you sort of look for in your assistant coaches? Uh, because a head coach job is so much different than an assistant coach job, and you have to delegate so much. So is that – I'm assuming that's what you look for in your assistants. Absolutely. And, Bruce, you know, I, I, I may be a little different as a head coach than maybe others. I, because accountability is so big in my world, I like to give them more rope so that they can learn. Um, and they'll make mistakes and whatever, but then those are coaching parts. Those are coaching moments. And I think my, you know, that's probably why I lose assistance because they do so well 
and then they get gobbled up by somebody else. But but that is that is what I do. I want them to be the best at what they can do, um, so that they like you know unlike me have to wait until the twilight zone of their career to be a head coach. You've got three players that you've coached at different points in their careers playing in the WNBA Finals, and I saw you at the game with your boot on. Mm-hmm. Are you out of that boot yet? <laughs> Yeah, I'm out of the boot, and I have some little baby boot on or, or whatever this thing is called. But I'm trying to get rid of all of this. I know. That's right. I have no doubt that you will in time. But what was that like, watching three of your former players compete for the ultimate prize in the WNBA? Well, it was good because I had players on both teams. But, you know, John Quell Jones, I brought her over from the Bahamas when she was 13. And so she's lived with me most of her life. So it's like family, you know, watching her and, and, you know, obviously, you know, rooting her, being her coach in high school, all of high school and all of college as well. Um, you know, it's having your daughter on the court. So, you know, I, I and T, I hugged her before the game. And, uh, you know, of course, I cheered them all on. But, you know, with JJ, it was special because, you know, she's my kid. And, and you know, just seeing her in the WNBA final, that was awesome. What makes JJ so special? Now, she really became probably what one of the top five players in the league this year, right? She did well. She did well, and you know I'm so proud of her because you know when she you know came to live with me at 13, she was not that good. <laughs> so, but she's worked and she's always worked and always had a great work ethic and. And uh, challenged me as a coach, matter of fact, in, in, in high school where, you know, I would push her, push her, push her. And, and she'd do everything I told her to do <laughs> with, uh, with no problems. And, and that has shown in her career that she's always working on her game. And, you know, she deserved everything she's gotten because I know how much work she puts in. We had her on the pod and she was super proud um, of all that she has accomplished. But I think the thing that I was so struck by is in the midst of this pursuit of a national title, the, the situation in the Bahamas and Hurricane Dorian, like that's that was front and center for her. And so her ability to not only have her heart there, um, yeah. but also be able to compete just kind of speaks to her tremendous level of focus. How special mm-hmm. is she as a person, not just a basketball player? Just, I, I mean, she's awesome, awesome. And, and you know, when she live with us she was you know her and my kids are like peas in a pod but you know and I don't know if she told you this but we were she was here for the weekend when the hurricane came and we were heading somewhere and we actually got on FaceTime with her mom and her family over there and we actually watched as the roof was torn off we were FaceTiming them to see if they were okay we watched as the roof tore off their building and the winds coming through and the kids crying and we just sat and cried for, you know, hours, but then she got herself together and she was ready for the finals. And that takes a lot to see that happen. I mean, to actually see that I've never seen anything so devastating in my life. And she, you know, put that, you know, put her Mm. uniform on and came to play. So coach, so season's about to begin. Saw early in the season, you got a couple games in San Diego. That's going to be kind of nice for everybody, right? Yes, indeed. (laughs) America's finest city, they call it, right? Is that what it is? I don't know. I thought D.C. was. (laughs) One and and one A, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> so 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 yeah. what, are, what last season you won 20 games which is a great accomplishment what are uh, this season's goals well you know we we want to build on that bruce you know i don't i don't want to be stuck you know at the same point because that means we're not working and so my goal is to win more than 20 but it's also for us to get better i mean we've got a challenging schedule where we are challenging ourselves so that when we play in this in the caa that we've seen different types of teams because our conference is very tough yeah there's there there certainly is going to be a lot of competition i know monica's going to be all over it this year right because she's she's got her eye on all on, on all of those teams so uh who who do you expect them you know who, who's going to be the big star in your team that we should be watching for this year well, you know, we've, again, filled some holes. You know, obviously, we've got Kiana Jeter coming back, who had a great year last year, and we're looking like she's going to have another one. Uh, Nakaya Mayo has really stepped up her game. Uh, Q Mary's dishing dimes all along. And then we've got some other players that have, you know, filled a role. Siobhan Smith has really worked on her game. She'll be a sophomore this year. So we've got some you know, we've got some uh, players that will come off the bench that will give us some, you know, good depth where we don't see any drop-off. So I'm, I've been pleased about the practices, but more importantly, I'm, I'm pleased about their drive. And last year playing UConn, uh, you know, they never gave up, but what they said after it, after the game was, we've got to do better. So we've got to prepare better for this year and, and they've certainly gotten after it in practice I love that I so love that because I can remember having those same sort of moments in college like yeah the XYZ team was really good but there's also a margin that we can close if we just kind of intensify and do what we're supposed to do I love that coach oh man I'm so excited mm-hmm. to see y'all getting action this year all right so what <laughs> will be the calling card for this group what's the style what can we look forward to well you know we we're still going to be up tempo uh, you know, and especially because we have depth, we'll be able to rest. I'll be able to rest some of the starters, but it's definitely going to be up tempo. We are going to push the ball in transition. We're going to, you know, play defense. We're going to press a little bit. So it's going to be an up tempo game. Is the up tempo style going to work well against, you know, maybe more, uh, let's say, higher profile teams, or do they have to also be able to go half court, maybe to to uh, limit the number of possessions later in the season? Well, you know, yes. We, and, you know, and it's going to be geared to who we're playing. And, you know, some some teams will want to push a little bit and get them out of their comfort zone, out of the half-court sets. But we're also going to prepare for, you know, both ways, whether it's half-court, whether it's pushing in transition. There are a lot of teams in our, in our league that are pretty uh, transition-oriented as well. So, you know, we're, we're trying to get – all of the styles so that when we play, you know, the teams from the Big Ten or whatever, that we can adjust. What are you most proud of when you sit back and look at your coaching career? The accomplishments of my players who, you Mm. know, started out not really knowing what they wanted to do and just they grabbed the bull by the horns and I'm so proud of them and and, you know, Juanishka obviously did a great job and, 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 again, you know, just overcame a lot and knew what she wanted, you know, decided what she wanted and went after it. And I'm so proud that, you know, I hated to miss her at Duke, but I kind of prepared her for that. So it was good to see that uh, 
Joanne noticed that and, and came calling. Should we give Coach the test soon, the, the buckets, boards, and blocks test? What do you think? Are, are we ready for that, or is there something else we want to say? It's, it's fitting, Bruce. It's absolutely fitting. All right, Coach. So I'm trying to think, what should we give her as a category, Bruce? Like, are we looking at the arc of her career? Are we looking at co women's college basketball, period? Like, what should we give it to her in? I think we should just uh, – we should – focus it on her team this year because the season begins in a few days okay. and do you, do you want me to tee it up and, and explain what this is can i do that can i have permission to do that go for it bruce <laughs> your teammates go all right. for it all right so Don't coach get me nervous now no no no, yeah. no 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 i'm going into my monica <laughs> speak fun, mode fun. now here because this is the part this is the part of the show where i'm channeling monica's mindset the the name of this show is called buckets boards and blocks okay we always ask our guests at the end of the show, we, we explain what this is. So a bucket is your A++ material, something that you think is great about the team or the season coming up. Your board is kind of like a rebound, something that, that might have started out as kind of a negative, had a silver lining, think rebound. And a block, okay. and I'm, I'm quoting Monica here, a block is trash, get it out of here, something we don't want to see any part of anymore. You don't have to give uh -huh. us all three, but can you give okay. us either a bucket, something you love coming up, a board, uh -huh. something that's kind of redemptive, or a block? Get it out of here. Coach, Rich, go. Well, since I was a bucket, I'm going to a bucket. <laughs> Thanks, Monica. <laughs> go for all it, right, Coach. For buckets, well, I, I think, well, no, I know. Our depth is going to prove to be a weapon this year. I think, you know, with having the, the backups and people coming in to, with no drop-off, I think we're going to get some buckets this year, and I think it's going to be something to be reckoned with. Did that answer? I think that's perfect. That's perfect, Coach. Okay. You nailed it. That answer was a bucket. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good. All right, Coach Rich, from the bottom of my I mean, you know when I see you, I love you. And I've, I have appreciated your support from near and far. I am thrilled about your success at Towson. I can't wait to see what you're up to this season with that group. Um, and then, honestly, Coach, like, thank you. Because I think for me, I, it's only now that I'm on this side of the media that I realize how many displays of success that, to me, were just normal, were sort of extraordinary. And you being one of them as a woman who left corporate America to go into basketball and then not just to be in basketball, but was always very successful and elite and talented at what you were doing. Um, so in many ways, like I said, when we introduced you, you've been one of my early role models in basketball. And so now that I'm coming into my own as an adult, I can truly appreciate the sacrifices that you've made, the dedication that you've shown and the success that you've been able to deliver. So thank you, Coach Rich, from the bottom of my heart for being a part of my basketball circle. Oh, thank you. Oh, I love you. <laughs> love you tons. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And Bruce, we're done being mushy now. <laughs> I think it, I think it's beautiful. I, I just want you to know, Coach Rich, I, I didn't know much about you, but I did my homework on you. And I'm admiring you from a distance. You just sound like an incredible person and a great coach and a great role model. And thank you for being that person. Oh, well, thank you, Bruce. I'm blowing you kisses, Bruce. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, just, I can feel I can feel the love through my headphones, Coach. Thank you. <laughs>
Thank you. We'll send you. Thanks, Coach Rich. Take care. Good luck this season. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Thank you so much to Coach Diane Richardson for sharing her incredible story with us. Definitely wish Towson the best of luck this season, and I will be keeping my eye on all things women's hoops in the CAA as their insider. Super excited about that. Thanks, as always, to my producer, co-host, sidekick extraordinaire, Bruce Bernstein, and our fantastic editor, Ben Wolfen. Please make sure you check out our other weekly Pure Hoops media shows. The Mike Wise Show drops every Monday with great guests. This week, Mike has Terrell Harris, the father and agent for Sixers star Tobias Harris. And next week, he has former NBA commissioner David Stern. Catch and Shoot drops each Wednesday. The Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman drops each Friday. And I'm back every Thursday with buckets, boards, and blocks. Please rate us, review us, and leave some feedback. Make sure you subscribe. Until next week, folks, enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt has been a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Oh.